The Creative Psychotherapist is the official podcast of the Creative Clinician's Corner, a practice-building resource for creative psychotherapists. TCP Podcast is the cast for creative, expressive, and experiential-focused psychotherapists curious to learn how to design, build, and scale a thriving private practice. Your host, Raina Lombardi, interviews successful therapists about the tools and strategies they have used to develop creative-focused practices. They also talk about the products, services, and side hustles they have developed, using their knowledge and creativity to enhance their therapy practices, make a greater impact in their communities, and diversify their income streams. Welcome. Now here's your host, Raina Lombardi. Hey there, creatives. This is your host, Raina Lombardi. I am so happy that you continue to join us and listen week after week um, of these episodes of the Creative Psychotherapist podcast. We recently reached over 2,000 downloads, which is incredibly exciting since we just started this year, and we owe that all to you. So thank you so much for continuing to listen. I also wanted to share with you that I have an opportunity for three people who are in need of some clarity around where to start their creative psychotherapy practice. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a psychotherapy practice. It could be a business that relates to their therapy knowledge and enhancing the work that they do as therapists. But I have an opportunity for three individual clarity coaching calls or consultation calls uh, with people. I've been offering a discounted rate through COVID-19, which is going to expire at the end of September, 2020. If you want to take advantage and you need some individual supported guidance to really get clear and narrow down your um, area of focus, give me an email, creativeclinician at gmail.com, and let's set something up. All right, enjoy the show. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Creative Psychotherapist. I'm your host, Raina Lombardi. I am very excited to introduce my next guest today. Uh, His name is Philip Clark. He is the founder of Enable Special Needs Planning, which serves 50 families in all 50 states. He is also the proud big brother to a sister who has Down syndrome. Because of his sister's amazing impact on his life, Philip co-created the Enable five-step planning system that allows families to plan for abundant futures for their loved ones. This system includes an online interactive planning portal that guides families as they create custom plans from the ease and comfort of their own home. Philip is frequently invited to speak at national conferences where he shares his belief that everyone has the ability to be impactful. Welcome, Philip. Thanks for agreeing to be here today. Thanks for inviting me on. I'm excited to have a great conversation with you. Me too. Me too. So um, I know I'll just kind of be honest with listeners. I think I don't remember if you reached out to me or if I reached out to you 
I can't recall. It's been, it's been a, probably a couple of years ago that we've um, started this dialogue and just getting to know each other businesses. I have quite a few families that we serve there in the Fort Myers area. And I was down um, there holding meetings one week and I saw what you were doing. And I think I reached out to you just to learn more about what your, your practice was yeah. serving families. Yeah. I, I, and the reason why I said, I'm not sure if I reached out to you or you reached out to me because um, obviously in my practice, we do work with um, a lot of families that, that have children with special needs. And um, I'm always looking for other, um, other things that can help support them. And certainly one of the topics that comes up all the time, especially for um, children that are not going to be able to um, really be able to take care of themselves if something happened to their parent, sure. that they need to have a plan for um, how they're, what are, what's going to happen after their parent dies. It's such a hard conversation to even say and think about, but it's yeah. so important. And it is a tough conversation, yeah, and it's it's one that every family knows that they should have, and they've been told, but it's never an easy conversation. You're right. Yeah, and so I guess uh, let's just kind of talk about what exactly you do at Enable and how um, how you're able to support families in this really difficult. Um, sure planning process yeah so like i like you and i both said that thought process of what happens if we're not here as parents that's a tough conversation that no parent wants to have even if they know they need to have it but our team comes in to provide um hope for the future that their child can live a, a purposeful and impactful life and that means different things to different families every mm -hmm. family must must define what success looks like for their child and really, it, this whole process that I've created goes back to my sister and how much of an impact she has had on my life and my family's life and the community around us, how much she makes a difference in other people's lives. I, I see that. And 12 years ago, when I entered this industry, I saw that special needs planning was only focused on helping families answer that question of what happens when we're not here. Mm -hmm. But because Sarah is in my life and she's such an amazing blessing in my life, I looked at that as a, from a proud big brother standpoint, and I said, no, I believe that special needs planning should be focused on answering the question of what are we as a family doing today that's going to allow Sarah to live a fulfilling and happy and purposeful and impactful life today and every day in the future. And yes, we have to talk about what happens when parents aren't here. That's the reality of life. As we see in a lot of these uncertain times that we're facing today, you know, we're not given tomorrow. But to me, the focus of planning should not be focused on those what ifs in life. It should be focused on what are the abundant opportunities that life has to offer for our loved ones. Beautiful, beautiful. I like that you're you're really focusing on the here and now, but also later. And um, but it just makes a nice like. Gosh, I'm at a loss for words, but. I think it helps uh, families to see that there's possibilities um, of living out 
in a meaningful way every single day um, yeah, through, the, through the life. Yeah, it, it goes back to that hope thing, right? It's just so many families I talk to have been told over and over and over again all the things that their child will not be able to accomplish in their life. And that is what, unfortunately, society and oftentimes the world wants us to focus on. And no matter what we're talking about in life and for anybody, it's easier for us as human beings to focus on limitations and focus on the negatives and the uncertainties. But I believe that if we can shift that mindset from the limited mindset and focusing on the limitations and moving that towards the abundance that life has to offer and all of the opportunities that we could create if we were to dream big and think big, how different of a life can we create and how many opportunities can we create through that? Just, I say small shift in mindset, but it's a difficult shift. It's not an easy shift to, to get through. Yeah. So what kind of opportunities um, have you been able to help families uh, kind of see that they weren't able to see before? Good question. There are one of the, one of my most enjoyable moments with every single family that we serve is when they can, you can almost see it in their eyes when that mindset shifts from here's what we've been told, here's what we should expect. We're only planning for what happens if we're gone as parents. Once they shift to that abundance mindset, it's just, it's so exciting. And I see this daily with families as we're having conversations with families, but I can remember back to a presentation I gave, uh, and we were focusing on the vision plan. We're focusing on having that shift in the mindset, having that set written down plan of what a great life for our loved ones looks like. And before I began speaking, after the host introduced me, uh, somebody in the room raised their hand and said, I just want to let you know I can't think about the future. There's nothing that we're hopeful about our child's future. There's not going to be a great life. And, not going, and she just went on and on about these beliefs that she had that were, you know, instilled in her by other people. I realized that. And so uh, I had to take a step back because the next hour and a half, next 90 minutes, we were going to be talking about the future. And we were going to be talking about the abundant vision that I believe that our loved ones have. And and so I told her, I said, I appreciate your, your honesty in this, but I believe that your child has amazing abilities that are going to allow him to live a great life and find purpose and find ways he can impact others. And she didn't say much. And she just kind of, I think, begrudgingly nodded along. And she didn't participate much in the, in the, the conference or in the, the breakout session. But we had a great conversation between the families who were there. They were vulnerable. They shared their struggles, but they also shared their hopes and dreams. And we got that conversation really focused on the abundance that life has to offer. And at the end, she raised her hand again, but this time with tears streaming down her face. She said, this is the first time that I have ever felt hopeful about my child's future. And she went on about all the struggles that they knew they still had to overcome, but that whole piece of now is the first time I've ever felt hopeful about my child's future. And I think that is the biggest piece that I'm trying to help is trying to give families the hope that their child can, can live this great life. That's a beautiful story. And um, I mean, I think that really kind of mirrors and parallels so much of what we do as therapists is really trying to help people shift that um, mindset from uh, limiting beliefs to one that is more hopeful and um, to be able to see the possibilities that we're 
we're limiting ourselves by the constructs that we create in our mind and the boxes that we put ourselves in. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's what drew me to you and your practice and our conversations that we've had over the years was your abundant mindset you have for your families that you serve and how you uh, help them see the bigger picture of what they could accomplish. And it takes a team, right? It takes multiple mm -hmm. voices into our loved ones and our families' lives to help them keep them on track, I guess you should say, to that abundant vision because it's so easy to get swept back into what the world tells you. It really is. It really is. And I think um, that happens for a lot of people within the school system too. I think sometimes and even, even with, you know, certain therapy services, you know, we get burned out. Um, and if we start to feel burned out, then maybe our perspective isn't as open-minded and, and positive and hopeful as it could be. And that then flows into um, how we're engaging with uh, the world and the viewpoint that we're seeing um, in terms of other people's capabilities. And so families do get those messages as well. Um, yeah. That yeah. We can't shield ourselves from that, but I often share with families, you've, we've got to have a source of hope. Where are you going to, to fill you back up, excuse me, to fill you back up and to get you back on track to that uh, mindset that we need to, to for our livings and for their, their future. But we're always going to be able to, or we're always going to slip back into that from time to time. But identifying where that hope comes from and, and where, how you're tapping into that is so important. Florida Art Therapy Services is a proud sponsor of the TCP podcast. They offer art therapy for individuals and groups, as well as qualified supervision services and high quality experiential driven continuing education for art therapists, mental health counselors, and clinical social workers. Visit www.floridaarttherapyservices.com for more information. And if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of the Creative Psychotherapist podcast, we have copper, silver, and gold options. So visit www.creativeclinicianscorner.com forward slash podcast for more information. I'm really curious about um, some, some of the ideas that you have about allowing people to really live full, abundant lives who have been told that, you know, you have all these functional limitations um, that you're not going to be able to participate or, or uh, be a productive member of society. How do you help the families really see ways in which their child has, has capabilities to um, contribute and, and be of value and um, engage in life in a more meaningful way? I think it starts with helping them identify the ways that their child is already making a difference in the lives of others. If we can find those unique abilities in them that they are already contributing to the joy and the happiness to others and in many other amazing ways, if we can start with those current abilities that they have, then it allows us to say, okay, how can we expand that? How can we find opportunities based on their, their lights and what their dreams are for their own life? And, what, what brings them fulfillment and what makes them feel like they're in their elements? How can we combine the two to find that unique path and unique journey to what success is going to look like in the future? And that's the, the fun in this 
is that things are always going to change. Families mm -hmm. can create this vision plan, this idea of what a great life for their child looks like, but just like anybody else, a year from now, we need to be nimble. We need to make sure that we're able to adapt because things are going to change in an exciting way, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's that's great. So how are they already impacting others in a way that's meaningful and, um, and bringing joy and happiness? And um, even if it's like their own passion, you identify, you know, where where they're experiencing the most joy in what they're doing sure um i think can be really helpful yeah yeah and i know one, oh go, go ahead, ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well uh, just to expand on that thought that i had because it's difficult for families to think about the future very far in the future. it's difficult for most of us to think very far in the future because there's so many unknowns and so that's why i want to encourage families to start with today you know what are those abilities today but we're, we always have to battle those limitations and the people that say your child can't do this. And so just a quick story with that. When my sister was born, uh, professionals and doctors, you know, gave my parents a whole laundry list of things that, to not expect of my sister. And reading was one of those things. They said most kids with Down syndrome usually don't learn to read and you guys should expect the same. And today, Fast forward 31 years later, Sarah is now working in a second grade classroom where one of her many duties in that classroom is, is tutoring kids on their reading abilities. And That's amazing. So proud. And I can tell you story after story of how she's made a difference in students' lives and, and how much she loves and finds joy in what she's doing. And I share that story with, with families from time to time. But then I also let them know. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the doctor said she'd never be able to read and then fast forward 31 years later, she's reading and providing this uh, service to, to kids. There was so much work it took. Uh, she hated school growing up. She didn't like to read growing up. You know, there was just certain things that our family had to pour into her to allow her abilities to get to where they are today. Mm -hmm. And if you have asked my parents while she was in school, uh, if she would be in a second grade classroom reading, to kids, they'd said there's absolutely no way. And so we've got to have a good balance of focusing on the here and the now and the abilities that we see and then continually expanding our view. Because if we start thinking, what does a great life 20 years from now look like? That's a daunting task. And nobody knows what that's going to look like. My family didn't know. We, every indication said that she would not be in school teaching kids because she didn't like the classroom while she was in school. So Life is funny how it evolves, but if we can focus on those abilities today that we see and just little by little expand that, we have, we have great opportunities, I believe. Yeah, I, I like that. It made me think like, you know what? I don't even know what a meaningful life for me looks like in 20 years. Right. <laughs> It's such a long time away. And even like thinking back 20 years, I never imagined that this is what I'd be doing now. I, sure. you know, it, we just, we have to be able to be flexible and, and honor that um, those visions for ourselves and our loved ones change and shift. And um, it's a growth process, right? The growth mindset piece of, okay, let's see what we have today and let's try and enhance that and, and work with that and help them to grow into their most capable self mm -hmm. and Absolutely. push that along, get to the yeah. next stage. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. 
So clearly for you and your work, um, it's very much tied to your personal story and, um, and your family and your sister. How, like at what point did you know, you know what, I think I'm going to go into business for myself and I'm going to do it because of um, what's going on in my family and I want to help other families like, like ours um, get through this. Yeah, um, it really started when I was in school with my sister. I was always involved in Special Olympics and always was a proud, protective big brother and wanted to uh, make sure I was helping her in any way I can. It started early on. I had no clue what my career trajectory would look like, uh, but I knew whatever I did with my life, I wanted to work with families that were much like my own in whatever capacity that looked like. And so I graduated uh, from Purdue University in 2008 and had a couple conversations with, with um, some professionals before I graduated and realized that there was a real need for helping families plan for their child's future. And I remember the conversations that our family had while I was in school about what would happen if something happened to mom and dad. And they weren't fun conversations. They weren't conversations that we enjoyed having, but we knew we had to. But once we had that conversation and we had a plan, there was such a relief and such a peace of mind that we had because we knew what the plan was. And so I graduated from Purdue and jumped in with a firm here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and very quickly realized that the industry standard of special needs planning was very different than what I had imagined it to be and what I'd hoped to be and what I believed it should be. I, like I said, I realized that that conversation of what happens when my parents are no longer here is an important conversation, but again, I looked at this from a proud big brother standpoint, and you know, it's gotta be so much bigger. The conversations have got to be centered on my sister, not on what happens if my parents are gone. And mm. I, over the years, jumped around with a few different firms who each of them told me that their planning views were different, uh, quickly to realize that it was the industry that was having that viewpoint of here's the only thing we're talking about and came to the realization five years ago that if I was going to change these conversations that families were having I was going to have to do it on my own there was no firms that were willing to have those conversations or willing to let me have those conversations so that's where enable special needs planning came about it was just seeing how much more my family needed from a planning conversation and mm -hmm. also seeing how much more other families were needing and how much peace of mind and hope that they were lacking because of the limited conversations that our industry was having. Yeah, I, um, I would agree. <laughs> uh, you know, and as part of, um, well, there's like two points. One would be, I definitely agree in that I've talked with other financial planners that say that they provide special needs planning because these are conversations that I do have with the families that I work with, because I do believe that it is important. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and they're definitely lacking um, in many ways. And then the other piece, just hearing you talk about, you know, the frustration within the system that you are working and needing, knowing that I if I stay in the system, I'll not be able to really um, 
fulfill the vision that I have for how I want to make an impact. I think that parallels so much to why therapists leave um, the systems in which they work and go out onto their own as well. Um, There's, there's so many limitations or boxed ways of thinking again, where, um, you know, we're, we're told, well, we can't do that, or you can't do that, or you can only do that if this or whatever. And people want to branch out and, and make a difference in a way that they know is meaningful to them. Sure. Um, so I think that's another interesting yeah. parallel. It is. <laughs> it is. It's a parallel with what you're doing and how you're serving your families. But, uh, parallel part of this that's interesting. Anytime that you ask somebody why they're doing something and it's the answer is because we've always done it this way and we, and you challenge them on, well, maybe we could do it better or different or have a bigger impact on the family's lives. And if that answer comes back to no, because that's the way we've always done it, you know, there's a problem in that. We've got to continually evolve and find ways that we can serve families and their needs and what they're lacking today, we've got to be able to find solutions for that and think creatively on how we do that, I believe. I agree. I agree. Change happens when we're open to the idea that there are different ways um, of doing things and some may be more effective. Or you may try something and realize, you know what, that didn't work out so well. Let's go back to the other way we were doing it until something better comes along. But it's it's having that um, that cognitive flexibility to realize that it's okay to do something different and we don't have to do it the same just because we've always done it that way. That definitely is kind of a red flag statement, isn't it? Sure. It it absolutely (laughs) is. And and that mindset really should be involved in the conversations we're planning for our loved ones future because we are going to take missteps. We're going to try things that might not fit our loved one's abilities and hopes and dreams and it's not going to be a good fit. And it's okay to say that didn't work. Let's take a step back and, and pivot into something different that might do, but we would never know. And I think it's that having the courage to step out and say, let's try something new for your child. It's scary. Having courage and stepping out and trying the unknowns is scary for everybody as professionals uh, as well as parents. But having a team surrounding them that's encouraging them to be courageous in their day-to-day is important. Yeah. So in, in thinking about this, like obviously as um, different, different types of therapists specialize in, in working with families with special needs for a variety of reasons, what would you say would be um, reason to think about collaborating with other people that are serving that population, but from a totally different standpoint and, and really looking at collaborative opportunities. Yeah, it's, it's going to take a team, right? As we are thinking about how to provide this great life, how to provide for amazing opportunities for our loved ones today and in the future, um, parents realize that they're not able to do it alone. Um, I know that I can't do it alone. You know that you can't do it alone. It takes a team of, of cheerleaders, of encouragers, of opportunity providers to be able to piece together the unique plan that we're putting in place. And so there's many ways I could go to answer that question. But I think the biggest thing is collaborating with other professionals 
who also have that same mindset of abundance for the families and the individuals we're, we're, we're serving. And that is so important because families are always going to get pulled back into that limited mindset. We need that supporting team saying, no, here's why we started this in the first place. This is the vision that you want for your child. I know it's tough right now, but let's persevere. Let's keep going through this. And it takes many, many different voices, uh, encouraging families for that. And that's so important. But also there's things that I provide that, that you don't provide and vice versa. I mm -hmm. need you as a member of the families that we serve down in your area to make sure that they're getting the therapies and having the therapies that are really going to allow their abilities and their self-esteem and their, their courage to blossom. And so uh, having that collaboration is so important in many different areas. I, yeah, I agree too. I, I, I think it's important to recognize that, you know, we specialize in one thing and, um, but <laughs> when we look at the whole person as a therapist, I feel like that's the, the standpoint that I take. Let's look at the whole person and look at, you know, their global needs. What else is needed to help them um, to be able to live at their fullest and function at their best? And sometimes that means identifying other um, people in the community or beyond um, that can provide them with those other needs, uh, provide them with services that address those other needs that I don't specialize in. And most certainly I don't specialize in what you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm grateful that you do, that you, um, that you created your business because I think that it is really important um, for, for families for a variety of reasons. One, in general, I think when the topic of financial planning comes up, that can be like a break light moment for many people. It brings up a lot of fear and hesitation and they don't understand what that means. They're not familiar with it. And, um, and so it might take somebody bringing it up multiple times before they're ready to take that step and have a conversation. And I think it's important to find collaborators, like you said, that have that same um, mindset and come from the same place of serving um, so that we're not, you know, suggesting that our, our, our clients go into like a lion's den, so to speak. Um, which, you know, can happen if we're, you know, not thinking about and um, really having conversations with the other people that we're potentially going to collaborate with. Sure, sure, you know? absolutely. Yeah, it goes back to, to the creativity that every plan must have, right? Because every child is so unique and their needs are so different and their goals are so different. And how do we think creatively and in assembling this team that every family needs. And a lot of times we have to think outside the box for how we're going to do this. And that's where the uh, fun of creating that team and putting the people and the players in place to, to allow that great life to happen becomes exciting. Uh, definitely, definitely. Creativity is really important in all the things that we do. And um, I think that's, that element of flexibility, right? There's a connection there between the two. Yeah. Um, we can't be creative if we're not going to be flexible. <laughs> sure, exactly. Um, 
So when you think about collaborating with other people in the community, what has been your um, kind of strategy for making those connections and, and networking, so to speak, so that one, you get to know um, the people that families that you serve are working with, but also that they get to know about you and, and what Enable provides. Yeah, it's, we serve families across the country, so it's important for us to understand and learn about national resources, but also when we work with families in a different city, we've also got to learn about resources in their particular area because there's many great national resources, but families are needing somebody face-to-face -face in their city to be able to provide resources to. And, and so it's important to, I believe, just to connect with others. I think, I think if we have the mindset of collaboration as providers and professionals, we can make such a huge impact in the lives of the, the families we're trying to serve. And that is so key, coming into conversations with an open mind, without an agenda, without barriers, because there might be some potential risk to competition or whatever that might be. There's, it, it goes back to that abundance mindset. Uh, our loved ones have the ability to live an abundant mindset or abundant life and future, but it comes back to us also as professionals. If we don't also share that same abundant mindset about how we are collaborating with each other, you know, we're going to struggle. So that's my main focus when I'm talking with others is how can we make the lives of other people better by this conversation that we're having? Yeah. I, I talk about that kind of um, concept between collaboration and competition with um the new therapists going into private practice a lot, like there's a lot of fear around competition and, um, and I feel like that is just such a dangerous road to go down that it, it's okay for other people to be doing the things that we're doing because there's more than enough work for everybody yeah. and we're not the right person to serve everybody. But if we approach things from a collaborative standpoint, um, mm -hmm. we, I feel like we're, we're stronger when we can collaborate and work together and we can really help people to a much greater depth um, from that yeah. perspective. So thanks for sharing that. It, it comes down, I believe that if we can focus on our inner passions, on why we're doing what we're doing, why we believe that our approach is great for the families that we serve and being okay that it doesn't fit every single person, you know, that's okay. There's, uh, there's plenty of financial advisors who serve families who have children with special needs. Um, I'm not the only person planning financially for them. I have a different approach. I have a different process. I have a different way that the families who fit into my system really works for, but I don't think, I, I'm not naive to think that I am the go-to person across the country and that I, people have to work with me. There's plenty of other great professionals out there. And I think if we have that mindset that the people who really fit into my viewpoints of planning and my mindset and my approach to planning, it's gonna be a, a wonderful relationship that we can build but mm -hmm. we have to be aligned um, with who we're trying to serve. And so it's, it's not a, we can't serve everybody. And it's being okay right. with that. It's tough. 
totally, totally. We don't have to serve everybody. We don't have to be everything for everyone. If we just be ourselves, then the people that are going to connect with uh, the way we do things and they're going to be open to receive the help that we have to provide Absolutely. and it'll be better for everybody really. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I know like you're, you're located in Indiana, but you're kind of reaching out to many people. And one of the things that comes up in working with therapists is we tend to be, especially mental health therapists, not everybody, I don't want to use like an all or nothing kind of statement around this, but many therapists that I've encountered in my career are very comfortable in the one-on-one -on -one relationship in the room, right? That's why they chose to do therapy in the first place. Um, when it comes to like outreach and just like cold calling people or going to networking events <laughs> and those kinds of things that like brings up a lot of um, anxiety and discomfort. What have you found to be helpful um, in your process of outreach because you are having to do so much outreach since you're working with families across the country? Sure. I think people resonate with a story and it goes back to your why, why are, why are we as professionals doing what we're doing? Um, and it goes back to we each have a unique reason of what was that time in our life that we decided that this is what we we're going to do. Why did we take the risk to start our own practice or move into the career that we are in? And that why is fascinating for people. People want to connect with your why. They don't care about what you do. They care about the, the whole why, and there's you know, the Simon Sinek book about that, and there's plenty of totally uh, amazing book. And if you, your listeners haven't read it, I encourage you to start there. I think the book is actually Start With Your Why, isn't that right? Yeah, it's Start, start, with, it's start with Why, and um, I'll put it in the show notes with a link um, to the book for sure. It's a great book. I agree. And there's a TED Talk about it on um, that he did on YouTube. I think it's on YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's great, too. Yeah. So I, I think that's where it comes. It's, it's easy to, it's tough to talk about what we do because we've been told we can't. I and mean, people have a, a weird relationship with sale, uh, selling, especially when you're trying to sell mm -hmm. yourself and the services you provide. But telling people a story about why you're doing what you're doing, that's so powerful. And if you're not starting with that in that conversation, um, you're on the risk of seeming, maybe feeling salesy. And that's not very good, good feeling. Mm -hmm. Right. Because if you're feeling it, then that's bringing up those like funky, discomforting feelings within the self. And then our mirror neurons are kind of communicating that to the other person in the room. And they're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yep, absolutely. <laughs> if you're feeling um, it, they're feeling it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so how have you, just curious, so you have a reason of why you're doing it. Do you, I mean, your why is very unique in how you're serving families because how you serve families is very unique. So do you find that people resonate with your why when you start sharing that? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, you know, when you talk to people about, um, like, for example, as an art therapist, I, like, that's just how I've processed my life mm -hmm. is through art and how I've made sense of really difficult um, experiences. 
and been able to kind of integrate really difficult experiences in my life and move forward um, in a positive way. And, um, and I just, I see so many people in the work that I've done over the years where if art is their language, right? Their language might be something else and that's totally cool too. It goes back to what you were saying, like we're not really built to serve everybody. Um, but if art is their language and they're really drawn to it, um, I think it has the capacity to uh, allow somebody to express themselves in a more like full capacity than perhaps words alone. Sure. Um, and especially for individuals that um, might struggle in those areas, right? They might have some kind of expressive language um, difficulty. And so it might not come naturally to be able to use words to describe one's experience, but they may be better able to do that through um, art or music um, or movement, right? Sure. And, and that I think is a value and really important. Um, being able to be able to express yourself so that other people can see you mm -hmm. um, and validate your experience, right? We all want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be understood. Sure. Yeah. And there's a, so many families that we work with, my sister included, have found so much uh, value from the work that you do in, in just a confidence building. Because when you feel like you can express yourself and you feel like the world can see you, that is where you would shine in your confidence and you finally feel like you are in your elements and you can express yourself in ways. And it, art has a, has a really cool way of allowing people to, to feel like they can express themselves and in turn allow their confidence to just blossom and expand. So love what you do. And I see the value so much in, from the families that we serve and in my sister's life and that type of work. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And um, I, I feel really fortunate to be able to do what I do. Um, I, I, it, it's a, in some ways, like it's been, you know, it's challenging to get here and to go out on your own for a variety of reasons, but it certainly is the best, um, the best option because of so many limitations within the systems. Um, as we were talking about earlier, but I, I do, I feel really fortunate um, to be able to do what I do and um, be engaged in art and allowing the arts to help people make meaning in their lives. Sure, sure. absolutely. It's amazing. You know, it's, it's like one of those things where you think, well, I shouldn't say you think, but it's those self-limiting messages, right? Like as a young person hearing messages, like you'll never be able to do anything with art. Like, why do you want to pursue a career in that? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Right? Again, the world wants to put you in this limited mindset, right? And tell you what you can and can't do, most of what you can't do. So we have a choice. Yeah, we have a choice. And, um, and that's like the great thing about the work I think that both of us do is that, yeah helping other people connect to 
that choice for themselves, that they get to decide, they get to be the narrator of their movie or the author of their novel. Yeah. And, um, and that's a really cool job to have, I think. It is. It is. You're, you're right. <laughs> um, so I have to ask, do you have any resources that would be helpful for therapists that work with families with special needs, like I do, um, that they should be aware of um, to better serve the families that they're working with? Yeah, we have a we have many. I think one that's going to be the most valuable for a, a therapist and professional, also valuable for families, if who are listening to this is we've created a quick start guide. Um, we didn't get into the five areas of planning that my organization guides families through to create an abundant future for our loved ones, but we have five different areas of planning that, that we serve families in, uh, financial and legal included, but there's three other areas. And so this quick start guide is going to first give families a self-assessment and just a quick questionnaire to let them know how well their their families plan for and that was always the beginning when the conversations with families when they're coming into us they're just saying we don't know how well we're planned how would we ever know and so our self-assessment tool allows families to give themselves a quick grade on how what they've done and many families come back and have done amazing things in certain areas but they can identify that there's a couple areas in their child's plan that they need to to put a little bit more focus into and that's what this was designed to do but on top of this this quick start guide also gives families checklists of things that they need to consider in each of the five areas of planning it gives them questions that they need to discuss within their family members and gives just gives them an overview of what each of the five areas of planning are and how they can begin either having those conversations as a family or as a professional how you can start asking those questions to families to help them maybe think beyond what they thought they needed to think about. And so I'll, I'll give you a link to that that you can add to the show notes. Oh, that would be wonderful. And so just out of curiosity, I know you said two of the five areas are financial and legal. What are the other three? Uh, the first one that I think is the most important part uh, is the vision plan. And this is where, really where it's not going to surprise you, but it comes back to that why. Why are families planning in the first place? Uh, we've got to have a, a reason of what we're doing. And that vision plan helps us paint that picture of what a great life for our child looks like uh, a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. And as we start getting further, it becomes more difficult. But we've got to have a reason for why we're doing things that we're doing. And every single decision that we make in the planning process comes back to this vision plan. And ask the question, is this decision that we're making get closer to living this great life? And if it does, it's a, probably a good decision. So that's why I believe it's the most important step, just creating that why. The second area of planning is creating a life plan. And I know from personal family experiences that as close to my sister as I am, there's so many things I don't know about her. And families know that they have got to document and, and write down every detail about the child's life. They're routines, their likes and dislikes, their medications, their food allergies, and that list just goes on and on and on. And so if the parents were gone for a long weekend, or if there was a more permanent transition, does a babysitter or caregiver or future guardian have everything they would need to know to properly love and care for their child? 
And many families have been told in the past, we've got just write down these details, open up a blank word document or open up a legal pad and just start writing. But families early on in my career said, how do we do that? There's no way that we can just brain dump everything down. And so we have created an online tool that allows families to walk through our questionnaire. And by the time they're done answering the questions that we have asked of them, they have about 60 to 80 pages of detailed, documented information that's editable, that's searchable, and that they can always password protected, go back and log into their account to change the doctor's information or change anything that's happened. But we, our whole planning process is designed to make everything as easy as possible. And, and creating this life plan, we've strived to make it easy. That's wonderful. Um, I, I, I think anybody would agree when you set out to do something you've never done before, having a, um, a prefab system that allows you to plug in all the information is so helpful because you're doing it for the first time. You might be omitting things that are really important just because they're just so part of your everyday routine that perhaps they don't seem so important, but they are. And yeah. so having a system like that, I think, would be really incredibly helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I think back to one of the first times that we decided or just really realized that we needed an easy way to do this. I was sitting with a, a mother and a daughter, and they were discussing the future plans for um, the other daughter who, who had Down syndrome. And the mom mentioned something like, well, she knows where this is and this is, and if something happened to me, this is where our lockbox is. And the daughter said, mom, I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> they kind of had their own little argument there of saying, I've told you 20 times if something happened to us, this is where our safety deposit box is. And they kind of both paused at the same time and just looked at me almost like help. And so that's where our idea of creating this tool that allows families to document this is so important for the parents to have that peace of mind that these things are documented, but also for future generations that they know that they would probably be able to probably be able to love and care for their sibling or their loved one as, as they want to. Yeah. It makes me think of um, in business and having a practice. One of the things that we're supposed to do from an ethical standpoint is to have a business will, which basically outlines kind of all of the things, whoever is assuming the responsibility in the event that something were to happen to like myself or a practice owner, that that person has access to all the passwords and, and like knows where everything is and how do you get a hold of clients and let them know and all of that stuff. It, and it is a lot, it's a lot to do, but it's super important again, because well, otherwise that person on the other end is, that's going to create a huge level of stress for them. Absolutely. Yeah. It does go back to that. It goes back to, you know, my sister, how can we make and other loved ones that we serve, but how can we make sure that that transition when and if it happens is easiest for Sarah. So you've got the vision, the life plan, the financial and the legal. What's the fifth one? The fifth one is the resource plan. And this goes back to that conversation we had about creating a team. Uh, starting with that vision plan, it always goes back to that. What does a great life for our child looks like, look like? And that is where we know that we're going to take 
creativity and it's going to take creativity in creating this life and creating the opportunities for our loved ones. And we can't do it alone. Parents can't do it alone. Um, you can't do it alone. My team can't do it alone. We need other services. We need other organizations. We need other individuals surrounding the family today and in the future to make sure that this vision for a great life can become a reality. And this is where we have to think creatively. And this is how you and I connected a couple of years yeah. ago and, and just learning about what other resources were in that, that you're in your area. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm grateful for you for sharing that information. And I hope that other therapists find it helpful too. And we'll put the link in the show notes um, for that the quick start guide okay. um, so that, that they can have access to that and they can share it with um, families that might benefit from that information too. Perfect. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah. The is thing there, that we hear from families that when they first start this process, there's three main challenges that we find that families delay their planning journey. Um, the first one is how would we ever find time to be able to plan? Our days are crazy. You know, there's so much on our plate right now. Some days we barely have time to plan for today. How are we ever going to think about planning for the future? That's, that's one concern. And the second is, even if we did have the time, where do we start? We see so much, so many different opinions on what planning should look like. And how do we know that the strategies that we're implementing work for our family in our unique circumstances and needs and goals? And then lastly, how would we ever have enough money to be able to plan for all the goals that we have? And so those three challenges are the reason that we've created the system. And our team takes so much time off the family's plate as they're beginning to plan. And throughout the planning journey, families thank us over and over again about how much, how little amount of time they're actually spending doing this because our team is assisting them with this. And they have the peace of mind of knowing that, that the strategies we're putting in place um, are appropriate for their family because our team takes the time to understand the family and research what's what the next step should be so very cool that's wonderful I think everybody um, no matter what kind of financial planning um, life planning like having a supportive team around you to answer questions and to provide guidance um, is enormously helpful because it is, a, it can be an intimidating process for sure. Sure, sure. Well, Philip, is there anything else that you'd like to share with listeners today um, that you think would be of value to them? I would just encourage whoever is listening, whether you're a parent, whether you're a provider, um, approach every conversation you have about the future, whether it's tomorrow or whether it's 20 years from now or whether it's how we're, how we're better able to serve the families that we're serving, have the, have the abundant mindset that we can make such a huge difference in the lives of our loved ones. However that looks, I believe that life is full of opportunities, but we've got to be in that mindset. We've got to focus on the abundance that life has to offer and to, to be able to get there. And that's so important. Our mindset's so important. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. And thanks so much for being willing to talk with me today and sharing, sharing some of the information about what you do and how you help support families, um, helping a, that other people find it helpful too. Yeah, it was a pleasure being here. It's definitely a passion uh, for mine just because my sister's impacted my life in so many amazing ways. Yeah. 
Well, if people wanted to get a hold of you um, or wanted to learn more about your company, where can they find you? Our website is enablespecialneedsplanning.com. You can type in enable SNP, shortened for specialneedsplanning.com. So enablesnp.com is our website on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We are at enable SNP. And those are the best ways for families to reach me. Okay. And so you said Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Twitter. Okay. All right. I'll put those in the show notes as well. Wonderful. Um, well, again, I really appreciate you making the time to talk with me today. And I'm grateful for what you do. Um, thanks. And yeah, thanks for being Thank here. Absolutely. Thank you for what you do. And it was a fun conversation. I enjoyed it. Me too. Me too. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Creative Psychotherapist podcast. Before you run off or fast forward to the next episode, I just wanted to give you a little reminder that if you're in need of support, clarity, or guidance on what action steps you need to take to get your business, service, or product, up and running for sale. I'm here to help and I'm offering clarity calls at the current COVID-19 discounted rate until the end of September, 2020. After that, they're gonna go back up to the regular fee and I would love to set something up with you and help you get clear on what your goals are and what action steps you need to take to bring that vision into reality. And if that's something that interests you, please head on over to the website, creativeclinicianscorner.com. You can send me a message there and sign up for a clarity call, or you can send me a personal email, creativeclinician at gmail.com, and let me know what you're interested in we'll get it set up. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Creative Psychotherapist. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For show notes, downloads, and additional resources, head over to the website at www.creativeclinicianscorner.com.